This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, folks, welcome to the very first, the inaugural, the inaugural. question and answer from the two mats. World Historic Podcast. You ask questions and we answer them. Sending a seismic <laughs> bolt of energy into your Sunday. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you listen to this on Sunday, happy Sunday. If you're happy listening Sunday. to this on another day, happy whatever Enjoy day Enjoy that day, yeah. But let's steam straight in. The format is very, very unusual for a question and answer. What we're going to do is read out questions and then we're going to answer them. And then we'll go it's on to the next question. Innovation in action. Should we go straight to the first question? Let's just do it. Okay. First question is from where else but Islington. Thank you, Clarissa. And your question is, is Keir Starmer doing enough to win the general election. Yes, he is. Is he? I think so. But he's, I mean, he's done, he's doing enough to get to number 10. Yes. The question is, is he doing enough to stay there and do things that will be of consequence and important? Because yes. it's such a safety first campaign. And he did very well at the Labour conference in reassuring people. Good narrative. Can't complain about any of that. But he is going to inherit the mother of all in trays yeah. if he becomes prime minister. So do, do you think it's, I mean, is it absolutely nailed on that? I mean, obviously the polls are wildly in his favour, but we know in our political system that you can be 20 points ahead, but not get the seats to get you a majority. Look, you and I, we bear the scars of thinking that Remain was going right. to smash it yeah. in 2016 and it Absolutely didn't. Yeah. Um, so never say never. What is, would be better for Britain? Uh, a clear Labour majority, a narrow Labour majority or a hung parliament? A clear Labour majority. I mean, I think that what the country needs a change. I mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst possible change it could get would be a, a kind of incomplete one. Yeah. Because 
the, the, actually, one of the things about coalition government, the coalition 2010-2015 was all right in the sense that the Tories moderated by the Lib Dems as they then were, was better, as it turned out, than a Tory-only government after 2015, which called the Brexit election yeah. uh, referendum. There's no real obvious partner for Starmer. I don't think Ed Davey, head of the Lib Dems, um, you know, or the SMP. I love, by the way, how we still. This is the problem. You still have to explain who he is. Yes, Ed Davey, folks. <laughs> he's the leader of the Liberal Democrats. Uh, the Liberal Democrats are a political party that's yes. been all around for quite a while. They have a, a nice yellow colour scheme. <laughs> it's very charming, <laughs> but I don't think that that's going to work. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't think that a Labour SNP coalition would last a day. No. Um, so I think that Labour needs a good, healthy majority and the space to think about how it is going to address even some of the huge questions hurtling yeah. down the road towards it. Interesting, though, uh, Clarissa's from Islington. And, and one sort of microcosm question is, is Keir Starmer doing enough to win in Islington? Because, of course, the standing MP is now an independent certain yes. guy called Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. Now, will Labour will hold Islington, won't they? I think so. But Corbyn is very popular. He is. Um, and... The narrative that Corbyn depends upon, which is that it was all brilliant when he was leader and uh, it's all gone horribly south since Keir Starmer took over and got a 20 point lead in the polls, um, has alarming traction. Yes, it does. Well, also, the thing about um, Corbyn is this, and I say this not through gritted teeth, I'm just saying the truth is that he's, he's. I think he's a very diligent and good constituency MP. So I gather. You know, he does the rounds, he speaks to people, he is. You know, he knows that. Obviously, he's lived in the borough for God knows how long, and he and he and he loves the borough. So it's quite possible that he's got you know a substantial constituency of people who would turn out and vote for him. But I do suspect that the knee jerk "I'm a Labour voter" will will carry the day at the end. I hope so because I the sort of he was he's a nice constituency MP is sort of a bit like Lenin had nice shoes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't care. <laughs> Did he? In the end, no. But I mean, I'm just. <laughs> Well, he might have, but... No, but honestly, okay, all right. Well, we'll come to this <laughs> another day. But the, the difference between being a good MP and being a good politician, maybe there's a difference there, I don't know. Yes, and, you know, he, he nearly destroyed the Labour Party. I mean, he took yeah. it to... He get he personally, he, Jeremy Corbyn, personally delivered Boris Johnson, yeah. dash Boris Johnson. Can you 80s. imagine, by the way, what it'd be like now in with this bloody crisis going on in the Middle East? It's beyond... But, I, mean, he, I mean, that is worth... Well, it's not worth thinking about, is it? He would be awful. He would be... Well, he is being awful. Yeah. Um, but as Prime Minister. But as pri- well, as Prime Minister, you Thank know. God. It doesn't right, matter thinking okay. about. Okay, that's, that's... Thank you, Clarissa. Yeah. You have the gold star for being the very first question on the two yes. mats Q&A. Something to boast about. Yeah. So, question number two comes from Louise Burton. Is lack of long-term investment in UK infrastructure such as the NHS or train travel going to become a problem for growth and stability in the UK? Has Treasury brain, good phrase, affected long-term planning in the country? What do you think, Matt? Well, well, I mean, it definitely has, hasn't it? I mean, we had three or four years of, I don't so much think it was Treasury brain as sort of Brexit brain. Yeah. That meant nothing got done. Mm-hmm. And then we had COVID. So, so you've had kind of, periods of years where the basic kind of day-to-day management of a country infrastructure health education 
the armed forces, all of this, it's all played second fiddle to other major issues that have consumed the political narrative. Yes. And I think it's been compounded by having somebody like Rishi Sunak at the Treasury and now Prime Minister, who is a tight arse, isn't he, in, in common well, he's parlance? A, you know, we've said it before, but he is a 1980s politician dressed up as a tech bro, Instagram loving yeah. um, modernizer. He's, but he's, he is, it's no accident that he had Nigel Lawson's picture behind his desk in the treasury. Is um, treasury brain, a, a, I've never heard Louise's phrase, treasury brain. Well, there are, very, there are variants on it, you know, the treasury mentality, treasury right, brain. Right, but, the, right. but the, in a sense, it is true that there is a treasury orthodoxy and, and, and it, it obviously um, veers towards let's not spend anything. But as, as you say, Matt, I don't think it's just treasury officials that are, you know, uh, to blame for this. Mm. I think that they've had willing collaborators in, first of all, uh, Theresa May, who didn't know what to do about anything because she was just trying to get Brexit done. Mm. Then um, we had Boris Johnson, who wanted to spend lots of money, but, you know, didn't know how to, didn't, is barely numerate. Yeah. Uh, Liz Truss, who was crazy economically. And now Rishi, uh, Rishi Sunak, who is, as you say, just not, into spending money and uh he showed i mean that was the primary driver of getting rid of the northern spur of hs2 um which he's very proud of but it it does lead massive questions for northern infrastructure and the increasingly hilariously entitled northern powerhouse well i'll give you an example of of what obviously i think brexit has made pretty much everything in this country worse but in particular when you see the renaissance of a city like Liverpool, yep. where I'm from, which was being run into the ground by a Tory government under Thatcher. And frankly, you know, would have been ignored and shut down. Manage decline, they called it. Geoffrey Howe wrote a memo to yes. saying, let's just manage decline, just run it into the ground. Which, is, the, the which is what Liz Trust believed as well. But then the, the European Union, de- yeah, exactly right. European Union declared it a zone one priority for investment, which ranked it amongst the poorest areas of, of Europe and plough billions into infrastructure in the airport, the dock, the pierhead, the roads into Liverpool were all invested in heavily. And everywhere you go around Liverpool, there are these plaques with, you know, paid for by the European Union. No wonder Liverpool voted for Remain, folks, because it was, it was visible. But when uh, areas of deprivation are, are left... And there are many areas of deprivation in the UK. Uh, I saw a good film the other day produced by Byline Times and the European Movement about the effects of Brexit seven years later, and they were up in the northeast. And honestly, there are places there that reminded me of Liverpool back in the late seventies, early eighties, where people were just run down. When you're uh, when your only friend is a Westminster that basically doesn't give a shit about you because you don't carry any votes that they care about, you're in trouble. You know, if you haven't got the European in Union coming in and saying, don't worry, we'll help you because you are, you qualify as, as part of our supranational objectives, then you get a lift like Liverpool did and you become the European capital of culture, which gives them a huge tourism lift. So you, you lose a lot of these things that a bigger, bigger picture provides. So I'm not I'm, sure it's just UK infrastructure. No, I mean, I think, I think you know, the EU, in a way, was the best guarantor of what's become called levelling up. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, and that, it's gone. You know, I'm so glad you said that, because I hadn't thought about it in those terms before, but that is precisely on the money. 
That's, the EU was very good at leveling up. Yeah, that's what you know was one of its its great you know yeah. uh, forces for good. What but, a shame! Okay. What a shame! Right. Thanks, Next Louise. question, please. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you think young people have a worse time than you did when you were in your 20s? Seems like it was a lot easier in your day, in our day. Anyway, we'd love to know your thoughts. Zoe, a student. Thank you, Zoe. Do, do young people have a worse time today? Yes, definitely. Do they? Um, I, I think they do um, on a number of fronts. Um, I mean, first of all, th- their aspirations, and I don't just mean becoming an accountant, or, but just the, the, the basics of um, earning enough to get by, um, earning enough to put a bit of money away, maybe to buy a flat or something like that. Um, these are much harder than they were. Uh, certainly when I was yeah. um, in, in my 20s or whatever, I, I get very annoyed with younger people being caricatured as snowflakes because I think actually they're, they're more resilient than, than certainly I remember being at that time. Uh, they've, they've suffered through COVID. There's no doubt that living in being digital natives is it just a different way of living? It's hard, isn't it? It's, it's hard. You can't switch the bloody stuff off. Everything is geared to status. Everything yeah. is geared to likes. You, yeah. Your entire existence is. So, I, I, yes, I do. And I, I, really, um, I, I really do not like the way that young people are uh, kind of caricatured as somehow endlessly complaining and whining. They're not. No, I, I would observe that. I think kids... We, we were having a chat earlier, and I, and I think kids are more... Obviously, this is just like the anecdotal nonsense, but I think they are more together generally than than maybe some of our our contemporaries yeah, were yeah. in the past. Um, 
But I do think that the oppressive nature of Instagram and Snap and all of this stuff, it must be exhausting to deal with. You know, you couldn't just switch off and watch TV and relax. No, I mean, exactly that. And I think that there's never there's never a respite from it. And yeah. also, they're expected to work harder for less, Yeah, to put it brutally. The one upside I would say, which is probably good, is that there's no expectation. When I was entering the workforce... The goal was to find a job that you basically stayed in for yes. decades. And I don't think that exists anymore. I think the, the younger mentality is is that you'll do something until it no longer suits you and then you'll do something else. And I think that's probably a healthier way to go about your life, given that you only have one. No, a hundred percent. And it's gonna and it's gonna be a longer life. Mm. The, the 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 other thing which is a downside is I think and this I did not see coming, but it is undoubtedly the case, is that class has returned it never went away but in the 90s it seemed to me that there was some prospect that those ceilings and it might be broken a bit mm. in the 2020s i see class as more of a trap than it was in the 90s really? yeah. yes i do because i think that it's all the, the the levers you can pull to have a destiny that you want are harder to pull now than they were then. Wow. Um, and okay. I, I, you know, I, I hope it's a temporary aberration and that the, we continue to move, you know, the arc of history, as it were, continues yeah. to move in the right direction. But I, I do think that uh, it does worry me that class is so little spoken of, yeah. uh, relatively speaking, on the progressive side of the house. Maybe we should return to this in the yeah. future podcast. It's a very interesting topic. It's, it's a big, a Next question. <laughs> I'll have <laughs> well, to you, read, you have have to read, to read this, this one out. <laughs> This one starts. Dear Dad, seeing as you spent your 20s and 30s elbow to elbow with the likes of Cameron Osborne Johnson and pretty much the whole ragtag gang of country fuckers, I was wondering if you could provide your listeners into a little behind-the-scenes insight on how these folks have changed since you knew them, if at all. Were they always destined to be country fuckers or were they moulded by politics in what to, into what they eventually became Love Zach. Who's Zach? <laughs> I've no idea. Um, I have a feeling it may well be my 22-year-old firstborn <laughs> beloved son. Uh, thank you, Junior. Um, well, uh, what can I say? He has a nice turn of phrase. He said, so, "Well, he, I, no, I mean, I, I think I I feel sort of horribly seen and horribly busted at the same time." <laughs> um, so, uh, Cameron Osborne Johnson—they're not all the same. Um, and Johnson was of the three certainly the worst, and and I I didn't I never socialised with him very much at all. Um, the answer to, to Zach's question, which I think is kind of a good one, is: w- Was there a sort of sense of destiny? Absolutely. You know, they they did think that they had been, they, you know, they'd all, they were all members of the bloody Bullingdon Club exactly, yeah. at Oxford. And there's no doubt that... Um, Are they all Etonians as well? No. Um, Osborne? Osborne wasn't. And so no. his nickname at the Bullingdon Club, which gives you an idea of the sickness we're dealing with, was Oik. <laughs> because he'd only been to Is St. Paul. Right? Yes, because he'd only been to St. Paul's school. I didn't know anything about the Bullingdon Club when I was at <sighs> that university. And I did get to know them uh, through journalism afterwards. And they, there's absolutely no doubt that from a very early age, they were convinced of what would actually, you know, it would go on to happen to them. And that was a strange thing to look at, which was, I just thought no one who is this 
confident that they're going to reach the top does yeah, right yeah and how wrong i was yeah. because they i just saw them bashing through speed bump after through a crash barrier after crash barrier after crash barrier um and yeah. and and i think that that whole period uh, there's a great book called chums by simon cooper about yes. how everything that's gone wrong in this country can be traced back to the period of time when I was at Oxford and they yeah. were too. He's got a very good point. Eton should be put into special measures as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, and it's so much to answer for, uh, you know, it's got, it's got this new provost, Nick Coleridge, who yeah. did a, he's a, he's a, he's a very nice guy, but he did a thing. in I think it was the times the other day saying that he thinks better of Etonians. Wasn't that, there was some sort of context around it. There wasn't it. That kind of mitigated. His it was a outrage. bit just arrogance but 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 i but i did think yeah you know nick you know you you've done such a good job at the victorian album museum this is not a great way <laughs> to start your leadership of yeah. eaton i mean the, uh, it, it is it is a i i don't i think that again it's a question we should return to but the kind of advantage you get in terms of confidence yeah at these places is it's a lifelong asset, unbelievable isn't it? yeah. Yeah. it's not about yeah scholarship or you know that kind of stuff passing exams that's taken as red yeah what it gives them is the sense that they're you know becoming chosen, prime minister is ones, yeah. is is normal yeah. it's not like i'd like to be a journalist or i'd like to do this or like it's, it's yeah i want to be prime minister didn't get much of that at hugh Bird college in bootle i can promise you yet but come the revolution times there are come changing the revolution. one so, more question thank you zach thank you zach nice question nice phrase you ask it well, who would you like to pay you play you in the movie of the two mats? Sanjay of Stoke Newton. Thank you, Sanjay. Good question. Well, over to you, Mr. Kelly. Now, so I hope people know that I'm not naturally immodest, right? But it has been said now and again that I bear a passing resemblance, and there is a sort of there's an existential problem in this answer. But I do bear a passing resemblance to Sean Connery. Ah, sure. Sure. I would like sure. Yeah, the to new European. We have yes. a very interesting we poem. Will, you, you bring a newspaper <laughs> to a gunfight. The name's Kelly, Matt <laughs> Kelly. So, Sean Connery or Pep Guardiola is the other one I often go. That's a very good one. But Pep doesn't act, so I'll have to go with the resurrected corpse of Sean Connery. Well, I, I think that's not a bad one. Um, and obviously, I would go in the spirit of the nominative determinism and the name of the podcast. I'd go with either Matthew McConaughey or Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. And I think that Matt Damon in Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, I kind of identified with him marching around in, you know. A, a Slight sort of power, powerful bemusement. Yeah, you know, with a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, you yeah know? definitely. I think Damon would do you a Matt Damon, justice. You know, yeah. Matt Damon. So, I'm, you know, if Matt, if you're out there. Have I'm, Connery and Damon ever been in a film together? Like, I don't think so, because no. I think that, that Connery had stopped he me stopped <laughs> by the time that those young lads, ben, <laughs> ben Affleck and Matt Damon, got going. Yeah, maybe we should do a whole episode of this podcast as Sean Connery's The Two Shorns. As the Two Shorns. <laughs> Certainly. Write in and tell us if you'd like that, listeners. So, folks, anyway, that was very entertaining for us, at least. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the Have rest of the weekend time. if you're listening on a Sunday. Um, we will be back next Thursday with our regular next podcast. Friday. Next Friday, excuse me. Yeah, we, we will record be... Thursday. We yeah. broadcast Friday. And we'd love to do another one of these. So send in your questions as important or irrelevant as you like, as you can tell, uh, to the two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, the two mats at tnepublishing.com 
tnepublishing.com. That's the New European Publishing Company. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the New European and get a free copy of James O'Brien's brilliant new book, uh, How They Broke Britain. And boy, they did break Britain. You can get that for absolutely free. When you subscribe, just go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats, number two, M-A-T-T-S. So until next week. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.